The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. When Carnival Vista was sailing out of Texas, Justin took a Western Caribbean cruise on it, and he joins us to talk all about it. How you doing, my friend? All oh, doing pretty good, Doug. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear about Vista, a ship that's had some uh, little bit of issues throughout the past few months. So before we get to the ship itself, we're going to take a step back and uh, get some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-nighter on Vista? Oh, man, like all of us, uh, since about 2018, I haven't been able to cruise. My last one was May 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, had some, uh, of course, personal issues like a lot of us go through financially and then, of course, all of us got the pandemic, so this was actually my first cruise back. This was my first time sailing the Vista. I would wanted to sail on it since she was commissioned, and this is my first opportunity. So, yeah, this was my return to cruising after the pandemic. A good one to be back on. So you make your way over to Texas to board Carnival Vista. Any pre-cruise time down there at the port before you boarded? Yeah, so, you know, pre-cruise stuff, um, you know, I, I, so I booked the room, and I had booked a balcony. And, you know, of course, uh, Vista Class has the Havana area. Well, I kind of kind of regretted it <laughs> that I didn't book the Havana. So the next day, I called back my, what do they call them, uh, PVP, mm-hmm. Personification Planner, and I upgraded my room to a aft balcony Havana room. So, you know, I thought that was pretty, I always wanted an aft balcony room. So, of course, we'll get to that. Very good. So you make your way to the port to embark Carnival Vista. How was that embarkation process? It went pretty smooth. Embarkation was pretty smooth. We got to the port. We actually got an email saying, hey, you know, be about an hour ahead of time of your embarkation thing. I'm not sure what the reason was for that. So we did, and we got there about actually about 30 minutes early. So we got there about 1030, and I think my, my boarding time was 11 or so. And we were pretty smooth. So... 10:30 at the port, and we were at the desk at 11:01. Wow! Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I'd, I'd say that was pretty good. Yeah, and, I um, would say so. So you, you go to board Carnival Vista. Of course, you've been wanting to sail this one since 2016. So, what were your impressions when you walked on board? Um, so you know, everything's kind of it's kind of nice that it's, everything's kind of still in the same spot as the other ships have been on the the Magic, the Breeze, um, the Dream, of course. Everything's still in the same spot, just a little larger. And, you know, it kind of seemed like I remember Lido being uh, more music-like louder. It seemed quieter. Mm-hmm. not sure what the reason was for that or if it was just something, you know, in my head or whatever. So, yeah, but it's definitely a nice ship. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the funnel screen was pretty impressive to see finally. I was pretty happy about it. I can't remember. Is Vista the ship they rolled out the LED Dreamscape or was that the next one, Horizon? No, that this has that on it. Yes. Oh, it does. Uh, the Dreamscape. It's uh, I think they also refer to it as a funnel screen in the middle of the lobby. Mm-hmm. It's it's shaped like a huge funnel, but it's a giant LED screen, and it was pretty neat because it actually changed scene with whatever port you were in. So, like in Jamaica, it was um, 
in Jamaica, it was like a rainforest. And then when we were around Grand Cayman, it was uh, like an underwater scene. So they change it depending on what port you're in, apparently. You mentioned you booked a Havana cabin on Carnival Vista, and it was an, was it an aft facing one you said, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And how was your, like, how was that cabin for you throughout the week? And did you like that Havana access that you had to the pool and everything? Yeah. So, you know, I guess this this is a, a what you'd say a double-edged sword. I wanted an aft balcony. And, you know, um, I've usually I've, I've had quite a few balconies, so it's, it's nothing new there. But I think I didn't like that it didn't have any shade over it, even though I still liked the aft balcony. It was nice to have a little bit of extra room. But honestly, I didn't use the balcony as much as I normally would mm-hmm. because I just went down to the van area, you know, because, you know, right. we had the, the hot tubs and the pool and the chairs. It was – I think it was really nice. It was never very crowded there. Now the Havana bar would get crowded for uh, they had karaoke in there. Mm-hmm. So, but I was usually on the outside portion. So then I'm trying to think here. So the uh, Havana pool in the back there is located on deck five. So you were like right there above, like on six, seven, or eight. I believe my room was on the seventh floor. Yeah, my room was on the seventh floor. So I was two floors up, and uh, yeah, it was nice. You could see the pool area and everything. Yeah. And uh, I really did like the aft balcony. It's just, you know, I didn't spend much time there because it was just easier just to go down the Havana area. And, of course, I had a bar there. So so when you're staying in a Havana cabin, I know you get, like, the pool access on the back of the ship there. But was there anything different about the balcony compared to other balconies on a Carnival ship? I think this was part of the aft extended balcony. I think the furniture, they had more of, like, a um, the longer lounger chairs. Not, you know, like on the regular balconies, they just have, like, a, a sitting vertically chair. These had actually, like, a lay down, like, a poolside chair. Gotcha. Um, and they had like a little end table, which I think the regular balconies do have like an end table. Gotcha. But yeah, I think they was they were decorated probably a little nicer. How many people did you have in your stateroom? Oh, it was just me and my girlfriend okay. in the one room, but we traveled with my brother and my sister-in-law. So gotcha. it, there were four of us in my party. So Were they in the Havana area as well? Yes, they were. How did the cabin space stack up for you and the girlfriend? Oh yeah, it was fine. Um, it was on the smaller side, I think. it was It, w- it was not a larger room. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, it was a normal size room as far as I think the only thing we got extra was the extra balcony space. But, uh, you know, uh, like I say, we don't spend much time in the room anyway, so it really didn't bother us. Yeah, here yeah. But, yeah, for two people, it was plenty of room. Sure. Let's talk about dining on board Carnival Vista. We'll start at the top there on the Lido deck where the Lido Marketplace, Guys, Blue Iguana, all that's located. So we'll start at the buffet. How was that? Oh, uh, buffet was what I remember, and um, I think we were actually to back to self serve. There was not someone serving you, and yeah, of course, guys burger was good as usual. And uh, I'm a big fan of of blue iguana on uh, for breakfast, especially. I love their breakfast burritos. Yeah, so that's u- usually where I would I would be for breakfast. How about the? I know, like I noticed the past few carnival sailings I've been on since the resumption of cruising. The pizza area has just been so freaking slow. How was it on your sailing? Um, you know, I, I, I kind of noticed the same thing. And, uh, you know, of course, I try to give some concessions because talking with some of the crew members, they were shorthanded. They did say, yeah, we're shorthanded. So sometimes I would go get pizza and it was like one person in there where I think on the other ships I was used to seeing two and mm-hmm. it was slow. We'd have a line, uh, you know, across the back of the ship waiting on pizza. It was, they were suffering from some staffing issues, yes. All, all the guys made, you know, tried to help out as much as they could. They were, they were really, you could tell they were really trying, you know. How about the main uh, dining room? Um, what time dining did you have and how was your experience in there throughout the week? Uh, so our dining, we had any time. 
and uh, actually the first night we didn't go to the dining room. We, we actually booked the steakhouse because, of course, I think they give you the free bottle of wine at your meal mm-hmm. on the first night. Yeah, so the first night we, we did, we went to the steakhouse, and uh, I had the ice-smoked oysters and a spice rub ribeye, and that was really good. And the girlfriend had the surf and turf uh, lobster and fillet, of course. Mm-hmm. My brother had the boiled lobster, and he eats a lot of lobster, and he claimed it was probably the best one he has ever had. Wow. So we were we were pretty impressed with that. And a uh, sister-in-law got the colossal shrimp, and they were no joke. They were really big shrimp, so nice. they fit their name. So the anytime dining, uh, anytime dining seemed to go well. Um, every time we we booked a, a time, it it seemed like there wasn't a very long wait till we were seated. I had I had some good some good meals in there too. What was your favorite meal? You know, I can't really remember at the point. I remember there being like a, a salmon. I can't remember what it was called. It was a salmon something. That teriyaki glazed salmon is so good. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It, did, it did have a glaze on it. It's probably what it was. And I also remember they had like a like a barbecue pulled pork. I think it was when we left, left Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And that one really stood out, stood out to me. It was it was pretty good. I usually try to get like the dish of the the port that you leave in. You know, they have those little specials. Mm-hmm. I usually like trying to do that. And what did you think of the entertainment on board? I found it pretty good. Um, seemed like, uh, you know, they had the violins playing in the, uh, the lobby. You know, with the uh, with the screen and everything, um, they had a lot of comedy, and of course, my, our cruise director was Kendall Fire, and she'd actually come around and visit with us, which was which mm-hmm. was something. I, I think that's the first cruise director I've actually seen do that, yeah. or maybe I was just never lucky enough to be where they were visiting. A lot of comedy shows, and they were packed. I mean, they had a line. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what the comedy club is, but then they have the sports bar, and the line was past the sports bar. It was actually blocking the sports bar entrance, and the comedy um, venue was full. It was, it was real good. Um, we went to some bingo. We went to a couple shows in the auditorium. Uh, what did they call it? But those were also very full. Um, it's pretty good entertainment, I thought. Yeah, very cool. So it sounds like you had the uh, the shows and the music around the ship. Anything uh, like steel drums or anything by the pool? They did have it. I didn't. I didn't get to really go. I, I passed through while they were playing. Seemed like the guy was really good, but yeah, I didn't get to really make any of the DJ. I, I didn't get to make any of the um, the deck parties because we were usually off doing something else. Plus, you had that swanky aft pool on deck five too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was back there trying to sing karaoke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Well, how about the days at sea? Like, how crowded was this ship in your opinion, and how did the ship handle as far as crowds and congestion? Yeah, so um, as far as I could tell. You know, I don't know. I don't even know how to really look up, see what kind of capacity we were at. But um, it, it, I seemed like it was pretty full. But the ha- the ship seemed to handle it well. I guess with the extra room, it was never really super crowded. You know, I went to like the Lido pool, and there were a lot of people there. But uh, it didn't seem any, I guess you say, any more full than I remember mm-hmm. than I remember from other cruises. So it was. I think it was about average on the capacity, and, it, and the ship handled it well. Gotcha. How was the smoke situation in and around the casino? So actually, my my real job, I work at a casino. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Uh, I don't. You know, really want to go to work while I'm not at work. <laughs> yeah. But I did pass through, and the you know the smoke was was there, but I did eat. Uh, the sushi place is not far from the casino on the Vista class ships. You know, like there, I didn't notice the smoke smell. But when you get closer to the casino, and and of course through the casino, it was definitely prominent. Um, yeah. But but like I said, it didn't really spill over. Uh, let's see, the sports bar was also right by the casino, and I spent some time there, and I, I didn't really notice it very much in the sports bar either. 
Let's talk about the ports of call you went to on this cruise out of Texas. What we'll do here is let's start with the first port. Give us a highlight, then we'll move to the next one. So it was our second sea day on the way to Jamaica when we got the notification that we were going to be late to Jamaica. We were having propulsion issues. This you know, seems to be some propulsion issues on most of the Vista-class ships right now. Um, so we were late into Jamaica. We actually got off the ship in Jamaica at about 2 p.m. when I would normally be getting back on the ship. So that was, you know, but I was just happy to, to be back on a cruise, be back in Jamaica. I didn't let it bother me much. Um, we had booked an excursion for, uh, it was an ATV ride around the island, and um, we had a lot of rain. So actually we got on the the shuttle to bring us to to the excursion and on the way there we got notified that it was canceled and they turned us around and brought us back to the ship so you know that was a little upsetting the shuttle driver his of course other job is he does tours so he'd offered us to go to take us on a tour but i really didn't know where i wanted to go so we just kind of hung out at the port you know grabbed a grabbed a beer watched the dancers um shopped a little bit and you know i was just happy to be back in jamaica and uh they they all handled it well, so yeah. When we were taken care of, of course, we were reimbursed, and um, I think I think they compensated us a little bit some other way, and I can't remember, you know, probably some onboard credit or something, yeah. but I can't exactly remember what it was. That's pretty yeah. pretty convenient. The shuttle driver also operates tours on the side. <laughs> yeah, <I should. laughs> and you know, now thinking, I guess that would be if, you know, if I had any advice for someone, um, my first piece of advice was maybe be have have something in mind that as a backup plan because you know like now thinking like i could have got him to take me down i wouldn't mind seeing what was it um a uh, trench town where uh bob morley like first mm-hmm. you know started to learn how to play music yeah. i wouldn't mind a pass there i could have done that so yeah. that would be some advice gotcha and then after um your stop in jamaica what was next so unfortunately also on that second sea day before jamaica we got informed we were going to miss grand cayman and um uh, that was kind of you know upsetting because last time I was in Grand Cayman was 2015, and I didn't have anything planned then. And when I I said when I come back I'm going snorkeling, I had my snorkeling excursion excursion booked, and of course that all got canceled. We didn't even stop in Grand Cayman. So, but you know, again, I, hey, I was you know. So then you went to what Cozumel? Yeah, Cozumel was the next one, and we actually made it to Cozumel early. Everything went fine, uh, docked and everything, and. Um, we went to uh, we went to Mr. Sancho's. We booked that. It's not a carnival excursion, but I usually go there. So a great time taking care of us. You know, actually, I think they were better than what I remember them being. And my girlfriend actually told me this was her first trip to there to Mr. Sancho's, and she told me uh, later. She tells me she's like, uh, you know, when you like something, you tend to kind of talk it up a lot. But she said this place was everything that you told me it was <laughs> so she was pretty impressed so yeah we had a, we had a good time in cosmo did a little shopping and uh back to the ship it was a good day awesome yeah you can't really go wrong with either of those with mr sancho's or nachi kokum just because it's yeah. so i mean like you your expectations are completely managed right you're having your your food the beach the drinks the pool and what else could you ask for the transportation yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, both great places, and uh, yeah, there's a couple on that whole little strip, and from what I understand, they're all great places. You can't go wrong with any one mm-hmm. of them, really. After Cosmel, was it back to Texas? Yeah, gotcha. So it was a uh, sea day, and then of course Texas was the third day, and so the sea day was uh, was a sea day. We did some comedy, uh, you know, played some mini golf, played a lot of mini golf on every day. So you do any golfing on land? No, I'm not a golfer. I'm only only a mini golfer. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, how was the debark in Texas? Oh, yeah. So this disembarkation and the 
you know, nothing Cornwall's problem. The trip home was a little rough. But, uh, yeah, so we, of course, had to get out of our rooms. And, you know, like 8.15 was the first announcement. It was about 9 o'clock was the second announcement. We had to get out of the rooms and, you know, into public areas. And I think they had a lot of trouble with people going down, you know, to the lobby to disembark when it wasn't their time. And we actually didn't make it to the parking lot, you know, waiting on our shuttle to pick us up to bring us back to the car until 11.50. Wow. So it, it took quite – it seemed like it took quite some time to – to disembark the ship well there were a lot of people kind of frustrated with it but i'm like i'm saying i'm not positive it was it was carnival's problem it was probably people going down before their time see and that exactly is where the issue is because you're assigned or you pick a time to get off the ship but you try to get off even earlier and your bag's not ready because they come out in waves so you're stuck there waiting and clogging everything up right and then you're standing around clogging that up you know and uh, we actually carried our bags off all of us so um we should have been someone to personally off and that was until you know like i said 11:50, we made it to the parking lot where did y'all come in from i live in a little town called eunice louisiana so yeah. it's it's about three or four hours from Galveston. Okay. I was going to wonder. Yeah, so I've, I've left out of Galveston. I've left out of New Orleans. I'm kind of in the mid, right in the middle of both of them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any first-time tips for anyone, either sailing out of Texas or on Carnival Vista? Um, I guess my thing would be, uh, you know, don't don't let the, the little hiccups like the missed ports or the, you know, the cancel excursions bother you. You know, you still, you still made it on vacation. You're still having a good time. And, you know, have that backup uh plan or excursion thing uh, in case yours gets canceled i, I could have been able to do something else you know so now i'm kind of kind of wishing i had that backup plan now looking back what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all you know i actually want to say it's probably the havana area it was just being back on the ship and uh, you know the little havana area was was kind of nice and uh you know even being short staff the staff treated everybody you know i saw a door on the Lido deck, the automatic doors, um, they were having trouble with one. And it, it hit this guy's arm, knocked his plate of food out of his hand. It was right there at the uh, the Blue Iguana. Well, the, the guy behind the line at the Blue Iguana, I guess, had just fixed his tacos for him. So, you know, it knocked his food out of his hand. I said, well, let me go get this sign. He wants somebody to clean it up. Well, one of the one of the fun squad guys jumped in and said, oh, no, I got it. Well, this guy behind the line fixed the guy another plate of tacos and goes hand it to him, you know, without even being asked, not even missing a lick before he even realized what was going on. And, you know, the guy was on his way, you know, and they were they were trying to take care of us, even as shorthanded as they were. And in closing, your final thoughts of Carnival Vista. I'm pretty happy. Um, I guess, you know, I thought I guess I thought it was going to be bigger. I guess in my head it was a Mardi Gras class ship, but it but it's it's not quite there. It's what about only five hundred people more than a um, dream class? Yeah, something like that. Not too yeah. much bigger. But I'm still impressed. You know the upgrades, the the, the new screen, the Dreamscape screen was nice. Uh, you know we went on the water slides, the kaleidoscope water slides was nice. It's uh, I think it's some nice upgrades, nice some, some nice progress on ships. Well, Justin, I sure appreciate you taking the time to give us this review and have a good one, man. All right, thank you, Doug. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. We always enjoy answering your questions. If you ever have one, drop us a line, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Today, we're answering your trip insurance questions and joining us to field your questions is Dan Skilkin, president of tripinsurance.com. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, Doug. The first question comes from Scott. He said, there are a lot of coverages that we simply aren't interested in or don't need. We really just want medical evacuation and secondary medical slash accidental insurance. Is there a way to purchase a bare bones policy, picking and choosing just a few coverages we want because we want to save some money? Hi, Scott. For most comprehensive travel insurance policies, if you declare a trip cost of $1 when you buy the plan, you're fundamentally waiving coverage for trip cancellation and trip interruption, which I think are the coverages that you're saying you probably don't need. There's a lot of other stuff in there that you were mentioning that might actually be really nice to have and they're very inexpensive in terms of the coverage. If you declare a trip cost of $1, then you're waiving the coverage for trip cancellation and trip interruption. Both of those benefits are based on a percentage of your declared trip cost. If you declare a trip cost in your travel insurance plan of $1,000, for instance, then a better or best plan on the market would cover you for 100% for canceling for a covered reason up to $1,000. And then 150% for trip interruption or $1,500. And the reason that they give you that extra 50% for the trip interruption coverage is because if you interrupt your trip and you must return home for a covered reason, they're covering the loss on the balance of your trip and the extra cost to get you home in the same classes of service that you originally booked. If you get hurt in the first couple of days of your cruise, they're going to pay for all of the balance of your cruise and get you home. When you declare a trip cost of $1, you don't have these coverages. So what you're left with is a policy that's covering your medical and medical evacuation. You also get some travel delay and misconnection benefit in the plan, typically some baggage coverage, life insurance, and sometimes coverage for a rental car if you're renting, depending upon the plan. You're going to find this coverage better and generally less expensive than an annual travel medical plan if you're insuring individual trips for the year. But it's important to know where your risk exposure is when you're buying a plan and not covering trip cancellation and trip interruption. You may be thinking you can cancel your vacation that you just booked maybe 30 days or two weeks before your travel and get 100% refund, so I don't need cancellation coverage. But most of the claims that we see coming in are from last-minute medical cancellations that happen in those last two weeks. Um, And once you depart on your vacation, if you're hurt in the first few days of the trip, as we discussed, you could lose what you paid for the rest of the trip and the extra cost to get your home 
that would have normally been paid for by your trip interruption coverage. Very good. Amanda sent me this next question. She said, I was reading an article about a family of five that missed their cruise because of snow delays and cancellations. Um, They did not have travel insurance, but I'm curious, would a policy cover every single expense paid out of pocket if they did have one, including cruise fare, airfare, and hotel? Amanda, it, it would be helpful if I knew what the snow delay was, but let's try to answer this in a general sense here. If you miss your ship departure because of a travel delay of a common carrier, so the snow caused the airline delays that caused you to miss your trip, your travel insurance will cover your lost days at sea and the extra expense to get you to the next port of call. If the delay was a driving delay, there are a lot of people that may be driving uh, to the port and um, there's snow on the roads, and that's why you're delayed. You're only covered in most plans if the roads were completely shut down, preventing you from getting to the boat, not just because you had to drive slow. Some of the plans on our site will cover you if you miss more than half your cruise because of a travel delay. So if you booked a short vacation and you're going to miss more than half of it, they'll let you cancel, and they'll cover the entire trip for as a covered reason for trip cancellation. So you definitely have some coverage in the event of a missed departure, but it depends upon the delay and generally only covers the extra expense you incurred and lost at the time and your loss uh, of time on the ship. Next question comes from Stuart. My American Express provides travel insurance and it looks pretty detailed. Would a third-party policy still help? Stuart, this is a great question, and we get this a lot because a lot of people think maybe I don't need travel insurance because I bought the trip on my credit card, and Amex is only one. Most of the more expensive credit cards, the platinum cards and that sort of thing, have some level of travel insurance coverage. So I went on the web and reviewed the Amex platinum travel insurance coverage for trips purchased with the card, and I always encourage clients read the coverage details so that you understand what's actually covered and what isn't. The card has more limited covered reasons for cancellation. In other words, they put an awful lot more limits on the covered reason. They don't have that many covered reasons for cancellation. And they limit the total cancellation and trip interruption coverage. They have about a third of the general covered reasons for cancellation. And they limit coverage for cancellation to $10,000 per person and $20,000 per year. If there's two people traveling and the trip's more than 20 grand, you don't have complete coverage for trip cancellation or trip interruption on it. And trip interruption or misconnection only covers you for coach tickets even if you purchase business class. Like I said, as you dive into the details on these plans, There is some coverage there, but it's not as comprehensive as you can buy from a third-party website like tripinsurance.com that will give you much better coverage and much better peace of mind on your vacation. Next question comes from Rich. Next question comes from Rich. If my health insurance covers my incident because we're within U.S. waters, can I still use my travel insurance as a secondary policy? Travel insurance, this is a great time to talk about primary versus secondary coverage. Travel insurance is typically the medical coverage on it is either primary or secondary, meaning that for medical expenses, if it's primary, the travel insurance covers your medical costs, 
before you have to file with your medical insurance company. If it's secondary, you have to file with your medical insurance company first, get a copy on how they handled the claim, and then send it with your claim to the travel insurance company to get paid. We typically recommend primary coverage when you're buying a plan. The secondary coverage always pays what was not paid by the primary coverage. Rich, in your particular case, if you filed a claim with your health insurance company and they paid a part of your expenses, say you had an annual deductible or or any kind of deductible for the services, then yes, the travel insurance will cover the rest of the charges up to the coverage limit. But most plans, most travel insurance plans are primary coverage with a limit and no deductible. So we recommend people file with the travel insurance company. It'll just save you time getting paid. Next question from Daniel. What happens if I book a cruise two years in advance, but the air schedules aren't out yet? Is it possible to go back and add that to my policy or would it be a conflict with my cancel for any reason coverage? Daniel, you can always add to your trip costs when you make additional travel arrangements with any travel insurance plan out there. You don't have to guess these costs when you buy the policy with a cancel for any reason plan. Just to clear the trip cost of the expenses that you know that are subject to cancellation penalties, because that's the only thing you want to insure with a travel insurance policy is anything subject to a cancellation penalty. If it's not subject to cancellation penalties, you shouldn't insure it. And buy the plan within two weeks of making your initial deposit. That's very important. You could buy a travel insurance policy all the way up to the day before you depart. But if you want to get canceled for any reason coverage, you have to buy the policy within two weeks of making your initial deposit. Then when you make additional travel arrangements, just send us or your insurance company an email requesting they increase your trip costs and they can modify your policy for you over the phone. Now, if you're getting your travel insurance through your cruise company, they typically will not cover expenses that you book yourself. They are only covering the expenses you book through the cruise company. So this is one of the reasons why we encourage people to get a quote before you buy your insurance from your cruise company. Get a quote on tripinsurance.com for your cruise plus your travel, et cetera, because you may have more control and get better pricing on the airline tickets if you're booking them direct and then cover them using a general third-party policy that you get from a comparison website like tripinsurance.com. And our last question here comes from Diane. We just went through Medicare open enrollment. Could you give some clarity on the coverage we have while traveling abroad or on a cruise ship? This was a great question. We get this a lot right now as people are booking their trips and they want to really want to try to understand what their coverage is. First of all, regular Medicare Part A and Part B do not cover you internationally. The minute you leave the United States, you don't have medical coverage. If that's all you have is Part A and Part B. Now, most people get an Advantage plan, which is a Part C, or they get a supplemental plan. And typically, then they sit back and they say, when I looked at my supplemental or my Advantage plan, it said that I have medical coverage while I'm out of the country, and so I'm covered. I don't need medical. But the truth is, if you look at the details, they only cover emergency medical services. 
So if you end up having to go to a hospital or an emergency room, yes, they'll cover the emergency room charges. But if you are really sick or really hurt and you have to be admitted to the hospital, you don't have longer-term hospital stay coverage. And universally, none of the plans that I know of offer medical evacuation coverage, which is the most serious expense that you could occur. And we have had a couple of customers that contacted us after the fact asking for help that had not bought travel insurance and they were they needed medical evacuation help and we were able to find them a resource but it is unbelievably expensive to get home from a place like Spain or Europe or the Far East or or South America without medical evacuation coverage so we strongly encourage people, even if you have a supplemental plan or, or an advantage plan, that buy travel insurance, get medical coverage and medical evacuation coverage so that you're fully covered while you're out of the country. All right, Dan, if anyone has a question about their policy or maybe considering getting one, how can they contact you? Doug, they can give us a call or send us an email at support at tripinsurance.com. We're happy to help you. Even if you're not buying travel insurance from us, we get a lot of listeners send us an email and ask for advice on their insurance. Yeah, just let us know how we can help and any way that we can exceed your expectation for outstanding customer service, we're here to help. Dan Skilkin, president of tripinsurance.com. Thank you, Dan. I sure appreciate you. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.